Not your forte. It's your forte. Press the throne now. I downloaded that since after right after the last I, podcast. The, the day after I was at work and I was reading all the quotes. I was like, oh man, this movie's rich. And you read down. the you read the book, right? A long time ago, yeah. Years and years and years ago. Back when I actually read. And not like 140 characters or less. Yeah. The world's changed. So have I. We moved past it. We've passed it. Welcome to the Open Color Podcast. I am Corey Willis with Ryan Karkner. Shout out to those live streaming on YouTube, youtube.com slash govnc. Thanks for watching. Thanks for subscribing. Huge influx of subscribers. Yes. We had a spike today, so we're doing something right. Basically twisting our friends' arms to hit that subscribe button. So thank you, everybody, for doing that. And for those on all of our podcast platforms thanks for downloading but uh if everyone's sharing thanks for sharing if not turn someone on to the show it's uh that's why we do it it's we're here to entertain it's better than a kick in the face of a golf shoe Ooh, golf shoe or soccer cleat if you had to pick golf shoe that's the worst one definitely i like the metal tips right that's actually that quote is actually from paulie shore's son-in-law Great movie. Someone referenced Pauly Shore the other day. I can't remember who it was. Somebody did. You don't get many Pauly Shore references. You don't. They're, they are once in a blue moon, and they're golden every time. Now, what did him in? Was it him or just how every single movie is more or less the same? It's like he was like it was the typecasting of the stoner era 101. Like he was this. He was the same role like every every movie. Yeah, he was the weasel. The weasel, buddy. Uh, yeah, son-in-law. I think son-in-law and Encino Man would probably be the like the pinnacle of like if you were to if, like really if you were to like to say take like a Quentin Tarantino and say like what was his best thing? You're talking like Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction. There's a lot of diversity. You're talking Scorsese. Like you're talking Goodfellas, Raging Bull. But you got Polly Shore. It's Encino Man and son-in-law. I would say in the army now, jury duty, Biodome. Biodome is pretty good. He was also oh. Max's stoner friend in a goofy movie, so can't forget that. Yes, a the leaning movie tower, with a stoner friend. The, the leaning tower of Cheesa. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Polly Shore is not a genius. I don't know who is. So we have um, people referencing Polly Shore, and then you have you quoting Goof Troop. A goofy movie, sorry. A goofy movie. Dude, was he the goofy movie piece. or extremely goofy movie? He, I think he was in both. That's the Is first he... time Pauly Shore ever got called back. <laughs> oh, Pauly Shore. Did you see Pauly Shore is dead? His, like, mock you. No, it wasn't a mockumentary. Was always, it, was like uh, a... it was sort of like a mockumentary, kind of. I don't think I ever saw it. I don't think anyone did. I watched his uh, TBS show. That was kind of like um Oh, Minding the Store. I remember yeah. when that first came out, I was actually so stoked because that was the first time Polly Shore died, like career-wise. And I was like super stoked to see him like back on TV. So it's like He's back. back. And then I watched a few episodes and it was Yeah, yeah it was too much. So yeah, Encino Man, Son in Law, then it was in the Army Now, a goofy movie. He was uncredited. Possibly an extremely goofy movie. I don't know. And Jury Duty, it all ended with Biodome. Paulie in terms Shore. of his, his lead movies. 
Goodness. Don't get me wrong. I'd still party with Pauly Shore. I'm not, I'm not here to, you know, burn Pauly Shore. Not yet. Not yet. I'll do it for ratings. Yeah, I can't even imagine the amount of time wasted watching Biodome. I've seen Son-in-Law like at least 16 times. That's a very specific number. That's how many times I've seen it. <laughs> you're not, not 20. Not, like you're not, not rounding, not even, you're not rounding it up. It's like, oh, at least, you know, 20 times, but 16. 16 on the nose. Biodome, 4.4 out of 10 on IMDb. If we could just talk two hours about Pauly Shore, I, I wouldn't have a single regret. It's funny that Kali Minogue was in that movie. Really? Yeah, her. she was uh, Petra. Of course she was. One of the, one of the doctors. Petra. Pe- Petra. I <laughs> get <laughs> uh, times. And like, they have the most like loser names too, Bud and Doyle. Oh, yeah. Like, but that's like all those kind of comedies, right? Moronic best friends get themselves locked inside the Biodome, a science experiment along with a group of environmental scientists for one year. And they somehow were able to throw a rager in there. Of course. It's Polly, man. Pollywood. Wasn't Polly Shore an entourage? He was. He kept getting kicked out of the mansion with Johnny Drama. See, Polly Shore's fine. He's, he's, he's got he's this. He's, he's got this. You're fine. You know who doesn't have this? Me. <laughs> He's got something else. Um, no, The Walking Dead. I, I, you, you were a couple years behind, you said. I, but, I stopped watching a couple seasons ago. So it premiered two weeks ago. Um, ratings were down 50% versus the season before. Uh, episode two was on Sunday. That is now done down another 19%. So only about 5 million people. Still a lot for cable. Um, so I was just thinking, I guess it's safe to say it's war out. It's welcome. But at what point do you just put the nail in the coffin of most shows? Like, I think this is what nine after, seasons now. Yeah. I think they call it after this season. Think of anything else that's out war. It's welcome. Big bang. Big bang. I thought the office went too long myself. Went too long. 70 show went too long. Uh, now, when you say the seventh show should have ended prior to Eric Foreman leaving, or when Eric Foreman left? Uh, prior to. Yeah. Once you take the like, was it the show started? I think the license plate said it was like seventy six, yeah. and then by like season eight, it's, like <laughs> it's still somehow the eight, the seventies. They've yeah. had Christmas like seven times. Yeah, I always like wonder that watching each episode. It's like there's no way it's only been like X years. Yeah, because he's what sixteen. And turns 16 in the, I think, the pilot, and then he gets the car. And then by the time he left, he, I think, was one year out of high school. Something and that was like season that. seven, I think, it went eight years. Yeah, something like that. I still make the argument that Friends also went on too long. Um, Friends wasn't as noticeable, I don't think. I don't think it you was like, think? as evident. Like, I, I agree that it probably ran longer than it should, but I don't think the writing was still decent enough where it's like, okay, like, I guess. It, they got away with it. I find that was one show that um, didn't care about character continuity. Like if you go back to the be- beginning of the show, and how, especially with the Chandler character, like you know he knew sports, he was attending games, he knew about the Knicks, and then by the end he didn't know a damn thing about sports. He's very feminine. People change. <laughs> like I don't watch sports nearly as much as I used to, but I still know enough about it. Yeah. You wouldn't like completely. I'm not making potpourri or nothing. Potpourri. 
Well, potent potables. Potent potables for three hundred, Alex. Yeah, I don't know. Friends was okay. Like you, eh, yeah, I can make the argument that I just it it ran okay. The only one I think that I probably would still watch more of, and wish there was more of, even though it went eleven seasons with Cheers. Do, 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 do. Uh, some I got someone at work called me out today for knowing that song, which was interesting because we've been talking about the, the <laughs> called you like like how dare you know the theme song to Cheers? Yeah, I can't remember. It, it was you know how you can relate Cheers to every workplace, and it's like oh my god, it's like I met Cheers. Everyone knows your name. And then, so anyways, like I did like a little, you know, couple notes of the tune and someone was like, oh, like, how would you know that tune? You're not old enough for that. Like that typical generation or whatever, baby boomer type comment. Generation Y. I think it'd be generation X. X, maybe generation. Maybe baby boomers for cheers. I don't know. It's an old show. Yeah. Anyways, I would just find that. It's always old people that like love making those comments. You're too old for that. Oh, you're just a young pup. Stuff like that. Hey, so there I feel old. How old are you? Oh, I'm 32. Oh, you're just a young lad. Yeah, I say I'm 30. And it's like, oh, you got your world ahead of you. Do I? <laughs> do I? I'm like, like, we watch the news, sir. I don't think we have much left of this world. Yeah, last I checked, I'm in the same lunchroom as you, Doug. Was <laughs> his name Doug? <laughs> no. <laughs> Does Doug listen to the show? Because we could use a... You'd use a Dougie. That's a name you don't hear much anymore either. Doug. Really? It's not Aiden or, or Hayden. No, I, I haven't received any hate mail for that. Yeah, and no, I was I was very careful to make sure that was front and center on the episode title. I know. And I was like, oh, who's Aiden? I know an Aiden. Maybe they're on the show. I guess we don't have it. I, we haven't hit the Hayden Aiden market yet. That demographic. <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna say we're not the those demos the millennial gen- generation. I was gonna say this. This uh, podcast isn't dedicated to fourteen-year-old skateboarders. I'm sorry. Not yet. Not yet. Soon. It's we coming. Like my shirt is Ghostbusters, but it's not the new Ghostbusters. The the, the man version. The man. The man version. <laughs> the real Ghostbusters is what they called the cartoon. Do you uh, watch the uh, Connors thing uh, the other no, day? No, but apparently it did really well. I read today. No Ambien. No Ambien. Not even one Ambien reference. No, but there was a lot of outrage. That's what I understand. Again, it's all soapbox now, right? Right. Oh. People are like, oh, I hope this fails because, you know, she was gracious enough to let you guys do it and she got fired for stupidness. She should have just had to apologize. That's all she had to do. Hope this yeah, show... but I think there's more people who are on the opposite side of the spectrum that watch the show almost for the sake of making a point that you know things do go on when people make those kind of we'll say it shitty remarks and it's almost maybe they want it to succeed to i don't know show that social justice works i guess like the james gunn controversy too like that movie that's going to continue on without him yeah no yeah and I, i guarantee you see the same thing where they're despite maybe what's actually observed versus what they want you to you know see is maybe they say, oh, Guardians 3 does really, really well, or it, it, you know, it blew the box office, or it's getting good ratings. You know, whatever it takes to show that, you know, everyone's kind of social justice BS was heard, and, you know, it was a positive impact. You guys done good. Because then everybody wants to give themselves the collective pat on the back. Well, my a, argument on the... F- yeah. 
my argument on the flip side is that is who goes to see these movies or 14 year olds, 12 year olds, eight year olds. They don't know that somebody behind the scenes said a tweet and now is no longer saying action and cut. Like they don't see that stuff. They don't watch the credits and read the, no. the names on it. Know who's who we'll know. Cause the tone might be different or it might sound a bit different because different voice on the, yeah, some getting that out, but yeah. Joe fan is not going to pay attention to who is the man behind the camera. No, but now that it's gotten whatever, um, yeah, I think that's what is make people look at it, but yeah, it's, it's not. Focus. Yeah, I think I think the Connors and similarly Guardians Three. I think you're going to see that where it's kind of this uh, buffed success. Where okay, yeah, I'm sure the show like did okay, and I'm sure people tuned in. Was it mind-blowingly triumphant? Maybe not as much as what you're sounding it. No, from what I read, is the rating number was the exact same as what the finale number was last May. For Roseanne, so there you go. Hundred percent of that audience came to check this out. So, how is that a quote-unquote like triumph? Like I read today, it was a triumph. It was. Sorry, when those all things, success. all things considered, right? Yeah, like it's it not didn't, terrible. It didn't fail. I'll give you that. People no. watched. But maybe in this day's climate, having ten million to tune into their television is astronomical. Yeah, that's like this is like Oscar telecast numbers now, and even then, that's all. Shit. People were watching Roseanne because they had to. Someone put a gun to their head? Well, your cable provider did. Well, with wow. the promotions. That's why we watched Home Improvement. I liked Home Improvement. It's because we were forced to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> we all did, Corey. We all did. What's the thing? We're not, we didn't grow up in the time where there was four channels, so whatever's on is you had to watch it if you were going to watch TV. Exactly. We grew up in a time when there was probably, what, 74 channels. Yeah, and only you know, the good stuff was only on like you know the, the so Fox, many. yeah, the Fox, the NBC, the ABC, and the C. Well, I wouldn't even say CBS because we didn't have gray hair twenty years ago. When I was a kid, we had YTV and Fox Kids. That's it. Watching Squawk Box. You had to watch one Saturday morning or whatever the hell was on YTV. Yeah, I just think like my kids and God willing, your kids. God willing. <laughs> Cross my heart. God willing. <laughs> Well, when you put that thousand dollars cell phone in your pocket, who knows what kind of radiation that thing's giving them? Yeah. Um, they're not; they don't won't grow up with Saturday morning cartoons, because no. they have their Teletoon and their Nickelodeon and their Disney Channel. The way we're going right now, will we even have? I'm sure we'll have cartoons, but maybe like post World War III propaganda cartoons. I don't think we'll have cartoons like the ones we had when we were growing up. And you're already, yeah, and you're all like Animaniacs. And then they try to rewrite Animaniacs, and it's coming back, man. January. I I I guarantee you, I will make this claim right now. Like it's not even going to remotely touch the original on so many fronts. No, you can't. You can't. Yeah. There's so many things that Animaniacs got away with that they weren't even supposed to get away with back then, technically, and that's what made the show so fun and then so um, notable in hindsight. Well, yeah, it's one of those few that was, uh, like you know, self-aware. Um, it broke the fourth wall. It like called out Hollywood for its BS. Yeah, talked about like how many sh cartoons like actually like openly discussed like Fox executives. <laughs> like, yeah, like even in their theme song, they said they have pay for play contracts. Yeah, 
pay for a play coach. <laughs> <laughs> so they get paid whether they're on the show or not. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, I don't think that's gonna. But yeah, yeah. Back to my original point. Like, here's I don't I don't, I don't watch a ton of cartoons. Maybe you do because you might have it on in your household. But like, I don't see cartoons like that anymore. No, and the animation style is so weird erratic and, and it's weird and different. I don't like it. <laughs> Used to, yeah. used to think I knew what it was, but then they changed it. Like I miss like the old like filmation where, you know, like the the characters like on a forty five, and the only thing that moves is his mouth. Yeah, yeah. You know the the classic uh, was it uh, Super Friends or like the sixty Spider Man, where like the same background drop is used like every four yeah. scenes. Amazing. And you're like, this must have cost a fortune, and they're like. A couple hundred bucks. Yeah. <laughs> Two grand for the whole season. Yeah. You've been watching it for 50 some odd years. And it's just hard to think that like things like The Simpsons is now you know 30th season. South Park's in their 22nd seasons. Family Guy's now at season 17. I think the one that like um, kind of surprises me the most is South Park. Because I don't like they like Simpsons is they kind of always play it relatively safe now. South Park still kind of pushes the envelope kind of episode to episode on a lot of things. Yeah, was it this last one was making fun of legalized pot, vaping. Ironically, Ronan Farrow, uh, school shootings again. It seems to be the new thing. Like the episode that was on one last night, like it's, you know, like every episode usually starts with like the school. It does like that like little little tune, but like after the tune and the school bell went, all I hear was like machine gun go off. And then like cuts into the class and everything's just normal because that's the new normal in the states is everybody gets shot at school. Yeah, and so like to make like always kind of daring episodes like that and to keep getting renewed season after season, especially in today's world. I, so I think that's what surprises me the most that South Park has been able to get away with what it has. Well, I'm wondering too if like its constant renewal is, is more about the money that you can make through merch and stuff because they said years ago that to produce the Simpsons is no longer financially viable, but they, because they make so much money with their merchandise and you can keep licensing, it running. That, that, that's what keeps it going. Yeah. So yeah. they just do it more like to pad their stats than anything else. Yeah. No, I'm okay with it. Cause like, you think even with family guys, Seth McFarlane is more or less hands off. He just, he's basically just the paid actor to do voices. He doesn't, that thing runs itself now. Well, that's, that's what you want as a business owner. Oh yeah, absolutely. Just autopilot, zone out, go do your own thing. Although, focus on other projects. Have you seen the Orville that he's doing now? No, but like I see, I think people are watching it, so it's gotta be. Mm-hmm. No, I never checked it. I thought about it, and then things just got away. As they do, as anything does. But one thing that did not get away for its own good is you see Netflix has been going on a canceled bender. Apparently, Friends is going. Yeah, because Warner Brothers like. Disney wants to do its own streaming platform, so anything that's Warner Media will be pulled. Uh, they canceled Orange is the New Black, one of their first yeah. shows, uh, and they recently canceled Marvel's Iron Fist after two seasons. Yeah, I'm okay with that one. Do you check the first season out, or no? No, you just no interest in it. I think I read like the synopsis or whatever. The first was season like- was mind-numbingly slow. I've heard the second one is a vast improvement over the first, but I haven't checked it out. I suggest you do. Oh, thanks, man. No problem. That's what I'm here for. 
but that's one thing now is we're going to see things that are going to be canceled. Like with let's use Brooklyn Nine Nine as an example, Sh- show that gets canceled now popping up on someone else's yeah, thing because of because they need content, right? Yeah. So is now that Netflix is canceled Marvel show, Disney's going to be doing their streaming platform. We're going to start getting that comeback. So things that are not worthy of keeping just going to be kept alive for the purposes of being a content generator. So like, is this almost like a downfall of Netflix, you think, where kind of all these companies are kind of wise enough and figured it out that they can all just make their own independent streaming services? Yeah, well, I think it also plays into what you're saying, too. Like, all you're going to have Disney with a streaming platform. Netflix is going to have its own. Warner Brothers is going to have its own. So when you're paying $9.99 or $9.95 or $8.99 for each. But then, like you said, that's like a Disney streaming service. Netflix canceled Iron Fist. Disney picks it up. So now I pay for the service. You're forcing me to watch Iron Fist because that's the content that you have. Yeah, Yeah, pretty much. Because you're not going to pay for each and every streaming service. It's probably cheaper just to keep your cable. Maybe and we'll have nothing on because everything's going to be on digital. There was, uh, I think, was it in India? To have Michelle's not here, um, I think they said somebody was being going to be treated for the first ever like Netflix addiction. Addiction. Really? Uh, um, and the only thing I can think of, well, that's not a thing. It's just uh, you just made you're just up. watching TV. So basically, he's got a TV addiction, but because it's Netflix, they got to make it seem like it's this all new. Hey, yeah, yeah. TV, we've been addicted to TV since its inception, really. Oh, yeah, that's like, like that. that was the whole point of it. that's what everyone said. TV's gonna turn kids into zombies, or we're all still here. That's why they call it the boob tube. That's why they call it the boob tube turns you into a boob, or it had boobs on there <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> the good channels, yeah, sometimes they were scrambled. You remember, I'm sure you obviously remember, but did you ever have an opportunity like at anything, whether it was like a pay-per-view fight or anything, where you threw it on one of those pay channels and it eventually did come in? Maybe like a long time ago. I think that happened to me once. It was the greatest thing. I can't remember what movie it was. I think it may have been basketball or something. Yeah, I, I know one of my friends, he had like illegal pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. And so we watched all the pay-per-view. We had that too. That was great. That's back when you can get DirecTV in Canada. You yeah. get the card program, and you just pop it in, you get everything. And then they'd send that signal for the card, you gotta get a new card. Maybe. I don't know. I, I was too young to understand how it worked. I just I just watched a lot of our rated movies I shouldn't have. I remember having that. My the card got fried, so my mom brought it out to um, I guess the place that uh, they were getting it done and she comes back and just pissed that the place got raided. Just like mad that like you know, they caught on, and now we can't watch TV, like, all these channels. And you can watch the ones you're obviously paying for, but not the other ones. Yeah. How dare they? Just like, yeah, how dare they do their jobs and arrest these people for breaking the law and inconveniencing us? I watched a lot of White Man's Burden on that. <laughs> Harry Belafonte and John Travolta. Wow. You ever see that movie? I don't think so. It's... <laughs> well, the thing about it was, it was, it's like... Role reversal of what like a lot of people see see as the U.S. now, where it's basically people of color were like had it easy, were on like easy street, they were rich and all that stuff, and all, the white man was the one having a problem. Hey, that's don't joke about that. Well, that's what it's, they think the U.S. is like now, right? That's, that's why Trump's in Trump's in power. It's coming. And I was I was thinking about this the other day. Um, you know, like all those like tweets and stuff like that. It's like, oh, like why do why do white people? say that like why do white people say oh yeah that's gonna hold and stuff like that like why are those jokes all of a sudden okay and we laugh it off like we're like oh yeah we do say that 
But like, really, it's like, okay, but if I, if like I a white man drives a car like this, do, 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 do. Huh. guess we do drive cars like that. Yeah, it's always like those kind of jokes, right? But it like, hmm. if shoes on the other foot, and I say something similar, say about an Asian person or a black person, then like that doesn't fly nearly as well. I'm I'm tied to the stake and burnt. So why is that like a is that a slippery slope? Like I don't I don't care personally. Like if you want to make you know white folk jokes, have at her. I think they're hilarious. But is it a slippery slope to where we let these things slide and then maybe slowly we're going to the other end of the spectrum? Maybe. So it's like the, it's almost like, you know, when you're like goofing around, like with your family, you can make jokes about dad, you can make jokes about mom, but if they make a joke on you, you feel bad. Sort of. Like that's almost where it's at. Yeah. If you were to simplify it. (laughs) It can't simplify something is, is, uh, you know, a hot button is racial issues. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It seems like when comedy exploded, um, like in the seventies and eighties, like nothing was off limits. And, and then, I, and I like it there. I agree yeah. with that, where everything's okay. And so now, it kind of in now where we're at now, where everyone's up in arms and everyone gets a little more easily easily offended, and kind of you know jokes have to be very more politically correct now. That's fine. But now I think now all these all these jokes are slowly popping up, where it's like, oh, like white people do this, white people do that, and it's like mm, interesting, like. Is that now it's now that we finally hit ground zero on terms of you know whatever offensive content or you know racial sensitivity, all that. Now that we've hit ground zero on it, now is it the other the almost the other side starting to pop up and kind of get away with it when the idea was to just have pure whatever, pure equality on it, let's say. I'm not even entirely sure it has to do with the equality, but I think what we might be dealing with here is a situation where going back to like social media and media content is that now all this stuff is readily available that you can find anybody who agrees with you. So if you see, you think, you think a joke's offensive, yeah. you can find someone who agrees with you who then finds 10 more people who agrees with you. And then that becomes no a hot button issue. Whereas again, back in the seventies, eighties, if you wanted to hear that stuff, you had to seek it out you know, go to an event, this person said it, if you didn't like it or you did like it, it's a one-time shot, it's gone. You tell your friends, they might find it funny or you tell your friends, they might find it, it offensive. It and then it's, it's just, it's con- it's contained, right? Within yeah. your, you know, tight-knit um, group. Yeah, quarantined. And now again, something pisses you off. You can go online, Facebook, your 200 friends, then now share it. Now it's shared 200,000 times and now it's an issue. So I think yeah. again, that maybe they ne- may not necessarily have been inoffensive back then. It just it wasn't something that blew up because the means in of getting that out wasn't there. At the end of the day, as technology improved, so did the ability to be offended, and so also did the ability to like, communicate. Yeah, communicate said offense. Yeah, and you know that's that's the world we live in, and I get that, but at the same time. It kind of comes back to my point where okay so now because like and, cor- and correct me if i'm wrong on this but if um crap i hate to do this but i'll use v as an example here do it like, he's not here he can't defend himself like if if v like generally if V says like a joke about my race and says oh like you and you fucking white people always do this and this and this i'll like heartily chuckle and like you'll chuckle i'll chuckle we'll have a good laugh oh yeah we do do that and kind of you know do the 
gung ho. Oh you. Oh you. And that but like and like specifically I know V would be okay, but like on a very general stance, if I was to make a same joke about Michelle's race and say, Oh, well, like fucking brown people do this, blah 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 blah. I don't think it gets nearly uh received as what's the word I'm looking for? Gently as what V just said to me. I think there's already a double standard that we're seeing there. Am yeah, I, wrong? I think we're almost we're almost tuned now to almost be offended by what we say before we say it. Oh yeah. Or it's like it's like sometimes it'll like it slips out. And I'm guilty of this on on a few occasions where I I don't think I'm necessarily a bad person or think that way. Just sometimes you just say it and you're like, okay, probably shouldn't have said that but anyone now anyone can kind of skew it into whatever that begs the question again is this now the result of how we perceive things back then or how everything's perceived now you're just instantly figuring this was not okay ever this is not okay to say now well, so here, think of it this way. Are people offended or are they looking to be offended? I think people nowadays are looking to be offended because that yeah. seems like what you have to do. Yeah. Like I made this argument before, like we all grew up around the same age. We all went to school where, you know, kids got picked on or made fun of um, and it rolled off their backs and people went on with their lives. Right. Kids got bad marks, whatever, you know, do better in school now us our same generation are now parents and kids are getting picked on at school now it's an issue now it's the school's fault now the school has to do something about it kid gets bad marks it's a teacher's fault teacher we have to have a meeting we got to talk about this i never got that my marks no not at all we if i was i can't understand is we grew up more or less the same way we didn't have parents who were all over the teachers because you got a b when you thought they thought this mark should have been an a it's like, oh, do, next, do better next time. But now they have to go in there on their soapbox and drill the teacher because they think their kid is perfect, their kid is precious, their kid can't do no wrong. Yeah. I just, I don't get how I don't, people are like that. Again, when, and maybe their parents raised them that way. Maybe that's how their parents were with their school. But I just, I think generally speaking, I didn't witness any of that with parents when I was in school. I so I don't, I don't know where the turn happened. I don't know where the turn happened either. And I think, and it's, it's frustrating because at the same time, this whole social justice movement has actually done so much good for a lot of things. But I think it's just getting to the point now where we're just pushing it too far to the end of the spectrum, where we're going to be pissed off in seven or eight years or 10 years, where we've pushed it to the extreme too much that it bounces back and it kind of recoils. And we're almost, we're back to where we started again, just because we, we, there's an ebb and flow to everything. Yeah. Right. Like there's, Oh, that's how things work. Like you push something, this is true with the workplace, uh, society, whatever there's ebb and flow. So when you push something too much, it'll ultimately regress back to where it should be. So instead of making this huge wave in a direction that is in its, at its core, the right direction, but you're pushing that wave a little too far. Don't you want to make that wave a little bit smaller? So when the flow comes back, it's where you want it to be versus the other end and back to where you started. Does that make sense? No, it does. You, you essentially what you're saying is if we're all going to be offended over every little thing now, eventually we're just not going to be offended with anything at all. 
Something like that. Yeah. It, it, it'll be some sort of ebb and flow effect like that where it's going to, it's going to find a way to regress to where, you know, what actually makes sense from a societal standpoint. It, I, it can't just be this thing where we're all walking around on eggshells forever afraid to say anything because every sixth thought in her head is potentially offensive or racist or sexist or ageist. Well, let's look like what recently happened here at one of our, uh, the Ottawa senators, I think it was a preseason game where they inadvertently did an English only um, anthem, right? Like I said, a guest speaker and a singer, and they only sang the English version. And, you know, good for the, the senators that got out ahead of it. But at the end of the day, I think any given time and any other, let's say 15 years ago, that probably never, you wouldn't have even had to do that. No. And, okay, so let's take that. Uh, instance for an example so the singer whoever it is forgets to sing the french side of the anthem yeah, i think night. the press really i think the press release said something along it was just that like they put the teleprompter with the lyrics and i guess there was just the wrong copy got in like it happens all the time like you just go watch any sort of whatever whatever's on that teleprompter yeah exactly okay so like there was one fuck up like i understand people the the, the logical and rational approach to this would be like, hey, by the way, like the French anthem didn't get sung instead of everybody losing their shit. Now, if it happened over and over again at CTC and you were continuously seeing the English only, then yes, that's I think that's time to kind of raise your fist and say, OK, we do have a bilingual country. This is an issue. But a one off, you guys got to learn to let that go. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like we're so groomed to think that there's going to be backlash. You have to get ahead of something. Not even let it go. And Just I'm sure. Not like, lose and I, shit about it. And I bet you that like, maybe a handful of people even noticed. No. Because like you know when you do the bilingual anthem, it's very a small portion of the song, right? Yeah. Like it starts English, ends English. There's a very small gap in the. Yeah, middle. you do that. The couple phrases where it's yeah. French. But yeah, good of them. Like I said, they got ahead of it. But again, here we are, having to prepare for eventual. Another big thing was like when they changed the the anthem to "It's not sons anymore." It's all like, of us, all of us, boy and girl. So I don't think like people were losing their mind over that. And I get that it's like a part. Is, is it though? Like just it's an anthem. Yeah, the anthem's not that old. But no. like... I think it was originally all or something. There was a huge debate on it when this first got announced. It's one word. We'll get over it. Will we? I don't know. <laughs> uh, take your breather and regroup. Uh, just throw a shout to our partners with uh, ADCs.com. If you have uh, interest in a shirt like that I have on with Ghostbusters or anything else from the 80s, whether it's a movie, TV show, cartoons, as we've been talking about, ADCs.com. Enter the promo code OpenCollar30 at checkout. Save yourself 30% on your purchase. That's ADCs.com. Celebrate your inner 80s kids with the raddest retro t shirts and pop culture gear. Um, I saw this uh, pop up on CNN. Um, it had to do with uh, former NFL star and convicted murderer Aaron Hernandez. Uh, they were talking about his childhood. Apparently, he was uh, used to be beaten and abused when he was uh, sexually abused when he was a kid, according to the Boston Globe. Um, do we need to have to find a reason for why false. somebody's bad now? Yeah, false. Like this guy was a bad guy killed people do we have to look into his child to justify what he did like if let's take movies for example like aren't some of the best villains are the ones you don't know their motivation yeah uh i think it's not really like you have to find something bad i think it's just for them actually to... i don't 
it's like I don't know, Thai, Thai, whatever, Thai sexual abuse or abuse to, you know, it's just like a political stance. You think? No, I think it's more of like a psychology stance. It's not really a political stance. Well, there's just some people who are just, you know, they were just bad people. What's interesting? Bad. They just Mm. sorry. Sorry. What's interesting about that is that this would just be coming up now because in the NFL, like when you get scouted, like scouts know everything. Like they know where yeah. you went to high school. They talk, they, yeah, they, they, they talk to your parents. Like they come over, like they, they go. They vet here. you pretty good. Like they, a Supreme Court nominee. Yeah. They like, they look at stuff. So for this to be, to be found out after the fact is kind of too convenient for me almost. Cause what it was about the like, two, I think two years ago since he's suicide. Yeah. Like this, this, he was one of the most like dominating tight ends until, you know, it all went down. And like, you're telling me that like you, this guy had coaches, teachers, uh, you know, college coaches, everything like people basically following this guy for the majority of his, probably his football life. And like, nobody knew, maybe people knew and they didn't say anything that's possible, Hmm. but don't tell me like you guys are just finding this out now and this is like brand new information and that's the other thing too like as you figure especially something like the nfl if someone came from a bad childhood such as this they would be like promoting the shit of that on like this like the 30 for 30s or the uh like when they do like their player interviews they, they talk about that stuff oh you know from the humble beginnings of they usually do that i'm pretty sure you know from homeless to hero the Hernandez story this is a the very on the story. edge episode of Open Collar. The gloves are off. This is like the collars. The, the buttons undone. The buttons undone. I don't know. I just I've. I guess, of, you have to. They try to humanize the 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 monsters, right? Yeah. But, but if uh, any of you want to give us your feedback, any of our seventeen <laughs> subscribers, feel free. OpenCollarPod at gmail.com or leave a comment on Facebook. If you think I'm wrong and a jackass, let me know. Everyone else does. Everyone else does. Um, I assure you. I was uh, so the NBA season started yesterday. Raptors with the big win. I didn't even get to watch it because I don't have cable, and I was here and kind of sad about it. But. Well, they won. They did. It was a lot that. closer than it should have been given the roster of the Cavaliers. Um, but those kind folks over at Two uh, K Sports ran an NBA nine. Uh, 2k19 season simulation i love when they do this so because we know anytime a video game does a simulation it is just set in stone just yeah accurate yeah book your plane tickets now uh so they have the raptors setting a new franchise record with 68 wins taking the top spot in the east in the west you'll be surprised they have the thunder as the number one seed over there i think the uh warriors are fourth thunders no (laughs) Thunder's not going to make the playoffs. Uh, they have the Lakers making the playoffs. Yeah, that's awesome. I think like uh, the sixth spot. And as for the playoffs, the finals consist of the Raptors taking on the Rockets. Uh, and it goes seven games and... with the Raptors winning the championship. So okay. we the North, book your uh, championship uh, packages now. Yeah, seriously. No, it's going to so. happen. It's going to happen. It's been booked. So sayeth... NBA 2K19. So shall it be written? So shall it be done? That's a Disney's recess quote from one Saturday <laughs> morning, everybody. You're welcome. Tune Disney. Um, 
I don't know. Was it uh, the NHL 18 had Winnipeg win the championship last year? This year they have Toronto. So they like uh, the Canadian teams really early. Yeah, I still have that bet with Vichel that they're not going to win the cup. I haven't forgotten. That they're not going to or are they going to? No, that they're. I said they're not going to. And I bet V7-1 to one that they weren't going to. So if they win, I owe V7-1. You owe them $7 because you bet $1. I bet, we bet $20. Oh, God. I, Giving him 140 if he takes that, which I'm okay with. Well, let's roll right now. What they're five and one or four and one? They're, they're doing well. I, I have no doubt um, that they're doing that. They'll they'll do well. And they're, I don't think they're winning the Stanley Cup. That's a long because it's Toronto. Long, long, long season. It is. The uh, what their top like top four or five spots in scoring belong to them? Yeah, like Tavares, Matthews, Marner. Marner, Riley, Mitchy, Morgan Riley. Uh sorry, they're six and one. Yeah, yeah, they'll do well. It's, I, I don't think they're going to be a bad team this year. Obviously, they need goaltending and defense. They do need defense. Their defense looks. I watched their like one game against Ottawa, and their defense looked pretty atrocious. Isn't that the one game they lost? Yeah. Go Suns go. And then like what? The next night they're in Chicago and scored seven. Yeah, it's kind of weird. And then led in six. So that's kind of leads me to believe that they're inconsistent. Maybe. Well, you know, maybe you trade uh, Willie Nylander for a defenseman. Just put it up there. Sign and trade. Yeah. Perhaps. I don't know about hockey, though. Perhaps My me, hockey perhaps not. Diminished. The only time I knew anything about hockey was when I actually worked at uh, Corel Center. Santa Corel. Well, kind of had to, I guess, just to have, have a conversation with potential purchasers. Yeah. And, but really, all you had to do is... No- is know who was on a roster because that person wanted to buy a ticket to that game. Or where somebody should sit during the Andre Ryu concert. <laughs> Straight on. Yeah. Because he's an elderly person wants to be able to see. There's not a bad scene in the house, sir. Except, for the, one that... That <laughs> Except for the one that you just purchased. Yeah. Well, remember, like, always the concerts, they'd have the ones that are essentially, like, behind the stage, actually. They'd sell those, those the cheap last minute. And then people would and come back complaining that they can't see. Well, mm, you got what 15, you paid Yeah, you paid fifteen dollars for a ticket. Buyer beware! I told you my place or my truck would bring you places. Never said there were places you wanted to go. So let's. You want to do your first ever pick, pick six, six on the show? Yes. So what we're gonna do here is I'm gonna read you six matchups in the NFL this week. This is how we're going to get ratings. <sighs> yeah, and you, my friend, are to pick the winner. Now, I went out of my way to make sure that they are effing close matchups. Wait, are they, do, am I picking against the stret, the stret, the spread, or just outright? Just pick outright. Yeah. If you blow it wide open, it goes 6-0, and oh, maybe we'll do spread. Okay. But, uh, okay. You're ready. You're, you got this. Do you have your thinking cap on? Your, your, your swarmy cap? I have my receiving here a lot. There you go. Chris Berman will be proud. Uh, okay, so number one, we have the 4-2 New England Patriots taking on the 3-2 and two Chicago, even when it was the Bears. I really like the Bears on this one. I think I think the Pats got super lucky uh, with the Chiefs, and that was like a pretty close game. Uh, yeah, I'll take I'll take the Bears. I think uh, the Bears, even when it was the Patriots, you knew it was going to be the Bears. Yeah, I think Khalil Mack's too strong. Their defense is really good. Um, they've got some issues at quarterback, um, but overall, they're just a super strong team. And I think I think everyone saw the New England win against the Chiefs as oh the Chiefs are 
the Patriots are back. Uh, you know, Brady's back. Uh, yeah, I don't think so. I'll, I'll, I'll take the Bears on this one, and uh, you think they win them right? Well, I would say a four and two record does not lead me to believe that the Patriots are back. No, like they're, I think they're average. Yeah, well, they play in a soft division, so. And the, they're at the Bears are at home, right? They are Soldier okay. Field. Represent. Yeah, I'll, I'll take the Bears. I'll I'll go bold. I'll take the Bears there. Go bold. Go bold. Or go All bold. right, match number two. We have the three and three Dallas Cowboys taking on the three and two Washington Washingtonians. I am taking the Cowboys. Uh, they looked really good against Jacksonville. Looks like they had their shit together. Uh, Scored 40 points on Jacksonville, did they not? Oh, they like ran over Jacksonville. I think whatever, I think Dallas, they had a lot of struggles early on in the season. I think they just had to find their, they were like Stella. They had to get their groove back. <laughs> and I think, I think Washington is just, they're not super good where I think they're going to beat a, a newfound Dallas team. So I'm taking Dallas. Yeah, when I was, I was looking at the uh, the records here, I was surprised that Washington had a winning record. I don't remember the last time I ever there's, saw one. Yeah, they're semi decent, but I, I I think Dallas has kind of found found their All right. Niche. So we got how about them Cowboys? How about them Cowboys? All right, the third pick goes to the two, three, and one Cleveland Vichels taking on the Tampa Buccaneers, who are two and three. Mm-hmm. I did this on purpose. I told you that. Yeah. This is tough. Um, I will take. I'm going to take Cleveland. I'm going to take Cleveland. Ooh. Cleveland. with the Browns. Baker, Baker, moneymaker. I think Cleveland's a semi decent. They're, and I'm using semi decent pretty generously here. I think they're a competent team that can win games. Yeah. And I think the back and forth that Tampa Bay has with uh, Fitzmagic and Winston, I think, is going to play in to a little bit of indecisiveness, a little bit of locker room morale issues. Mm-hmm. You know, it's hard It's hard to be confident when you don't know who's at the helm. And I think Cleveland takes advantage of that this weekend. Well, I've been hearing from a lot of people that the record, they're better than the record shows. Cleveland? Brands. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, they're a couple kicks away of being like, yeah, they're not a five and zero team, but no, no. Definitely. they they definitely could have stole a couple of those games. All right, number four, we have the coming off of a historic week, the four and one Nile and Saints at the four and two Baltimore defense. The Ravens. This is another tough one. Uh, the Ravens quote the Ravens. Our defense is awesome. Ravens are at home. They are. I'll take the Ravens. You don't think they're gonna, the the Saints are gonna be riding high off of? I think it's historic. It ain't easy being breezy. Apparently, it is. They're four and one. Yeah. No, I think I don't. I, I think Baltimore's a really competent, capable team. Um, they're looking really, really strong this year. Um, I think Breeze is coming off like a big milestone. He's partied a bit, maybe, maybe spent some time with his kids. <laughs> no, I like how the, the maybe spent time with his kids. He might be he might but he may have spent time with his kids. He might have a little bit of milestone hangover. So I'm taking All right, number five. The four and two Bengals of Cincinnati at the Kansas City Chief Arunus. Five and one. Chiefs. You got Chiefs. Hands down. Hands, Hands down. down. 
That's my shoo-in of the week. <laughs> Did you take your shoe off? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably best probably pass out from the odor. And in the what clearly seems to be the best Monday night matchup of the year, the one and five New York Giants at the two and four Atlanta Falcons. Uh, yeah, I like the Atlanta Falcons. I like the Falcons at home. Yeah, I mean it's the Giants. They haven't been great. Falcons are Falcons are definitely a better team than their record shows. So Atlanta, there's your six. There's your six. Right. I'm on your six. All right. So let's recap. You have the Chicago Bears beating the New England Patriots. Yep. We have Dallas Cowboys over Washington. Cleveland Browns defeating Tampa. Baltimore Ravens knocking off the New Orleans Saints. Kansas City bouncing back from their loss last week to take uh, to take out the Cincinnati Bengals and the Atlanta Falcons knocking off Eli Manning and the Giants. You got it. Lock it in, folks. Locked and loaded. That was Ryan's pick six. Picks. We need a theme song. Yeah. There you go. I'm, I'm cutting that and I'm going to have it next week. <laughs> add some music in the background to it a little bit. A little remix. <laughs> That's for our viewers. That's for Ashley. Yeah, she'll she'll enjoy she'll, she'll enjoy, enjoy that. Yeah. <laughs> Ringtone. Yeah. Welcome, Ashley. How is your uh, football pool going thus far this year? I'm one in five in my fantasy pool. So uh, well, yeah. Well, I always seem to be playing everybody when they have like their monumental best week ever. So logically, not unlike the Cleveland Browns. Um, mm-hmm. my record should be better in theory, but it's not. You got to win every week, so I'm dealing with that currently. <laughs> do you? <laughs> yeah, do. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? But yeah, no, it's going. It's going well. I enjoy it. And I keep tabs on it. It's kind of an autopilot. Once you're like as a commissioner, mm-hmm. um, once you get the draft done and everybody settled and the rules set, mm-hmm. it's it's on autopilot until the end of the year. Cool. That's why I do this stuff, Corey, to keep my brain occupied. Betting on the baseball playoffs haven't been no yeah. it seems tough like i like I watching it. feel i don't have a feel who's gonna take what i'm like putting game, right? like five bucks here and there on certain games just to like as i'm watching it keep it interesting so the dodgers are one are went away dodgers are went away and, and the red sox boston, are as well boston are up yeah boston yeah they're up three to one yeah yeah so they play i think again no they play again on friday yeah, like I him. think both series. Uh, I want to see a Boston Milwaukee final. The Brew Crew. The Brew Crew. I want to see Milwaukee go to a World Series. I think that'd be cool. I got who? I got to want to see a Boston Dodgers World Series. It's so. Nah. It'd be funny if it was the uh, the Yankees and Dodgers because they both were at one time in New York. Yeah, but like I always like, I like the idea of the coasts, like uh, Rangers, Kings, or any, Lakers, any, Knicks. Yeah, anytime Excuse I get to see like an underdog team. Kind of go to the World Series. It always makes it interesting. So, when was the last time there was an underdog in the final? Like a true underdog? Uh, God, I don't well, I guess know. before the Red Sox were winning, I guess it would have been say them because they would with that the, curse the, two, the Bambino. The two thousand and three Florida Marlins. I have no idea. Were they? I can't think I, of anything. Yeah, but there's not too many where like we're like wow they are underdogs. So you need your stat your stats guy. Mr. Google. Yeah, the Florida Marlins had a pretty good team in 2000. I don't even know if that's the one that. Oh yeah, they won the World Series in 2000. 
Yeah, no, they weren't even underdogs. Vegas World Series. <laughs> well, you look that up, and I'll just plug uh, VideoETA.com, one of our other partners. Guys like movies, want to buy a DVD, Blu-ray, 4K Blu-ray, if you got a nice fancy television. Go there, enter the promo code CALLER, save yourself anywhere between 5 and 25% off any of the movies on their site. That's VideoETA.com, V-I-D-E-O-E-T-A.com. Any luck with the internet? When the Chicago White Sox won the World Series in 1906, or when the Mets won in 1969. Those are like the two big underdog stories of World Series. Movies. Hmm. Well, there you go. Now you know, folks. The more you know. So I saw this. This is not really anything special, but I thought it was interesting as we were winding things down here. So um, Boris Karloff's The Mummy movie from way back in 1932. Oh, that was like Brandon Fraser? No. Boris Karloff, as you might fondly remember as the voice of the Grinch. In the oh, 60s. yes, yes, yes. So back in the day, he was essentially like the monster movie guy. He was in The Mummy, and then he was in Frankenstein. He played the monster, obviously, as I'm saying here. Uh, but there, So there's a lithographic film poster for that movie. Um, it, at one time, went up for auction, and when it went up in, in 1997, it sold for like $453,000. So um, there's another copy that's going up for sale uh, end of this month, I guess, you know, Halloween. Um, so they're saying it could fetch anywhere between a million to a million and a half at auction, wow. which would make it the most expensive movie poster in the world. Okay. If it sells, it was again, at one time it was the most expensive, but they're saying now being resold again, it could very well be fetched anywhere between uh, one million to five. It's being sold at the Sotheby's auction house on October 31st. We need so, that poster. Look out. Uh, I'm all right. I have a couple posters. I don't need that one. This is in 2014, a 1927 poster for London After Midnight broke the record. Uh, it was uh, most expensive. While the current record holder is a 1931 poster for Dracula, which sold for $525,000. It's insane. Yeah. The Mummy was directed by Carl... Freuden and also starred Zita Johan, and who is featured in the poster along with Karloff's monster, revived Egyptian priest Inotep, who searches for his love. So, yeah, that's the original one. That's it's the original one, yeah. It's one of the, I think, the few that still exists from 1932. Maybe Brenda Fraser will buy it. Imagine thinking like, if, if I knew what I knew now, then when I was a kid, I think I probably never would have opened a box of toys or. Taking a comic book out of the sleeve, although I'm sure when I was in the comics, then where none of them would have ever been yeah. first issue, Whatever. first appearance or anything like that. You know, it's probably Spider-Man three fifty-seven when he takes a school bus or something. Yeah, but you wouldn't, but you wouldn't even like even kids back then wouldn't have known that comic books were going to be the collector's items that they are now. Like, no, if you had an action comics number one, yeah, you would nothing, nothing of it. You would have taken it to the washroom. Yeah, you take your silly putty and try to reproduce the fucking page. Which leads me to the question, yeah, so I don't think it's really believable in the 40-year-old virgin that he'd have all those toys still in boxes. Yeah. Just based on our conversation right here. Exactly. How hard do they laugh at you at the frame <laughs> Asia poster? <laughs> an Asia poster. I only know one song by Asia, and it's from that movie, and it's because of that movie. 
Heat of the moment. <laughs> Great movie. <laughs> I miss that movie. See, it was between that and Wedding Crashers, I think, were the two that we quoted all the time when we were at the box office. Oh, yeah. Probably more so that one. Definitely more for your version. Yeah. With Wedding Crashers, like, subtly. And Swingers. Yes, I should watch Swingers again. It's been a while. I have it on the burnt copy I think you gave me on DVD somewhere. Can't say that. Burning copies of DVDs was illegal, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> there sorry, John Favreau. There goes our endorsements. There goes our chance to appear on Iron Man. So, um, I have a bad dad joke to close off the show if you want to hear one. Yes. All right. All right, I ask you, why did the cookie cry? I, I have no idea. Because his father was away for so long. Oh, my God. What's, <laughs> uh, I'm not even mad. You're just disappointed like a dad would be. For so long. Pretty good, pretty good. Anyways, that's our show. Subscribe. If you want to hear more. <laughs> if you like dad jokes, there I think it was three more episodes where we did that. Of the 26 that we've done thus far. If you, if you like taking a power drill to your own eardrums. That open collar is a show for you. That's right. All Thanks. right. Everyone just pay attention to my new mic. Oh, that's on? I, th I, didn't, I didn't know it was on. Yeah, it is. All right. It works. Beautiful. Yeah. So I'm officially like a broadcaster now, which scares me more than anything because I, I, I always say stupid shit all the time. So. You don't say yeah. Maybe maybe this isn't the maybe this isn't the career for me, Cor. Or it is the career for you. Maybe it's a little like, like Howard Stern and I was gonna say if people embrace me like Howard Stern, then maybe. That was a great movie. Howard Stern, Private Parts. Watch it. It's pretty good. Deceivingly like really like really good. Yeah. I was that was what ninety six six ninety seven, yeah. Saw it on my illegal pay per view. Uh oh, here we go again with the illegalness. Like, yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, it was like really good, like documentary of like his rise to like fame and like how he worked at NBC and stuff. It was cool. Yeah, it's one of those like you. It was so good you don't even have to do a documentary for it because you know sometimes they have like um, like Apocalypse Now, right? That's a strong movie, but you know yeah. Heart of Darkness, the documentary about that movie is so much better. Yeah. Film nerd, <laughs> I lost Ryan. I lost you there. All right, so that's Open Collar for this week. Follow the show at facebook.com slash Podcast or on Twitter, Instagram at OpenCollarPod. Uh, throw us comments. Uh, if you want to give us some, some feedback, some topics to discuss, you want to promote something on our show, by all means, email us at OpenCollarPod at gmail.com or hit us up on any of the social platforms. For Ryan, this is Corey reminding you to keep it casual. <laughs>